Well, bless the wonderful name of Jesus, everybody. Hello, this is Pastor Mark Stroud, and I thank you so much for joining me for another broadcast of Kingdom Rock Radio. Well, on today's broadcast, you're going to hear part two of the message entitled The Atmosphere of Miracles. There is an atmosphere of miracles all around you. And let me tell you, my friends, the power of God is here and it is available for you today. This is so awesome. And I can't wait for you to hear this message. Don't forget to become a partner with us. You can partner at any level, $5, $10, $20, whatever the Lord gives to you. With your help as a partner, you can help us spread the gospel of Jesus Christ all around the world. Partners, I'm telling you, we need partners, and I'm so grateful that you'll join in with us. Just go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org, and you can make a donation in any amount, and it will be greatly appreciated. Thanks for helping us to share this gospel. All right, without any further ado, here comes today's message entitled The Atmosphere of Miracles, Part 2, right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. Well, uh, on today, we're going to continue uh, speaking about the atmosphere of miracles, the atmosphere of miracles. This would actually be part number two uh, that we started on last week. Now, We've taken a departure from the series entitled The Real Jesus. I felt the Lord was leading us this direction, so I want to follow after him. Follow after him. Uh, so I pray you follow along with us as we go into the message, uh, The Atmosphere of Miracles, part number two. In this last days, in these last days in which we are in right now, it's going to become more and more important for the world to see uh, the power of God, the miraculous um, being unfolded in everyday life. Because understand, if you look at the early church, the kingdom of God was not just in word, but was in power and in demonstration. They, did just, they didn't just go on just talking, but um, the Lord demonstrated his word with signs and wonders following if you look at the ministry of Jesus, he taught and he also demonstrated his word. So there is a partnership. We would say that this bird has two wings. There is word and there is also power, word and power. It's going to take both uh, in order for us to take flight, for the body of Christ to take flight. It's going to take both. It's going to take the word and also the miraculous. So. And it's going to also take works of faith. And so, as we said last week, we want, we want to demystify you know, some things concerning miracles and, and what faith is like and what faith looks like. Because it's going to be important for you to operate in faith. So I pray today that you will uh, continue to uh, take hold of what is being said. Are you ready? Amen. All right. Last week, we talked about the definitions of the word atmosphere. We talked about uh, definitions for the word miracles. We talked about definitions for the word uh, faith. So for more on that, I'll get you to go back. You need to hear uh, part one of the atmosphere of miracles. If you didn't get all that information, make sure you go back and hear it all so that you can be caught up with us. Today, I'm going to ask you a few questions. One, we're going to start off with um, the question, what is prayer? What is prayer? 
I know many of us pray, but what is prayer? I'm going to give you a few definitions here and how it relates to miracles. So I pray that you're ready to receive it. And then we'll go straight into the word of God today. Prayer in its simplest form is communing with God. Simply talking to God. Some people say, I don't know how to pray, but I just saw you talk to your neighbor. Amen. You're talking to me. Prayer is communing with God, talking to God in the simplest form. It's a time to make your request known to God and to build or cultivate an intimate relationship with God as father. With God as father through Jesus Christ, our mediator. Jesus makes it possible to call God father. Without Christ, you cannot call God father. Truthfully, really call him father. Now we would say, well, he is our father in creation. That is, he has begotten us as the creation of the human race. All right. Well, I can see that as far as creation, but as far as offspring, you cannot really say that. Or as far as um, father being one that has begotten you, you can't really say that unless you're begotten of the womb of the spirit. That is, unless you are born of God or born again. When you're born again, that means you're born of God. God then becomes your father. Are you hearing? He then becomes your real, your father, because you're born of him. Amen. So, um, in prayer, you cultivate that relationship, cultivate an intimate relationship. And that is how you do that in prayer. Are you hearing? Now, many times it will involve confession of his word. Uh, that is, we're echoing the sounds of heaven. You're echoing the sounds that come from the father's throne. And the Lord tells you or allows you to hear those words through his spirit communicating to your spirit. We call this spirit to spirit as the father allows you to hear what he is saying and you say it in the earth. Sometimes prayer will require you echoing the sounds of heaven Amen. as the father allows you to hear what he is saying through his spirit to your spirit. We call this spirit to spirit. Amen. Are you hearing Amen. other times uh, you will be decreeing the written word in prayer, or you'll be decreeing uh, the spoken word or word that has been prophesied to you. It is the spirit of God. Understand. So here again, here's the role of the Holy Spirit in prayer. The role of the Holy Spirit in prayer. One, he can allow you to hear exactly what the father is saying at that moment. And in prayer, you repeat what he's saying and you'll see a manifestation. Secondly, we can declare what he has said in the written word because it is the Holy Spirit that moved among holy men to pen these words. The spirit of God. It is God, God that has breathed these words, breathed them through his spirit. And then men wrote, wrote these in the Bible. So we're essentially saying again what God has said that is through his spirit. Many other times the, God, the Lord will prophesy words to you. It may be through another person. Here it is again, the Holy Spirit breathing words to you through another individual. And we will declare these words. These are the words that we take to heart that, you know, God has said to you. 
Let's say someone on uh, the Lord impressed upon someone's heart to tell you, well, you're not going to die. You're going to live. And you know, that's what God said. And it came at a time when you, when death was all around you. And you know that that was a word for God, for you, a word from God for you. Well, then you can take that word and you declare that in prayer as well. You declare that to the adversary. You've heard from God and you're simply saying what the father is saying. And that comes to pass. Now, when you get deeper, deeper into prayer and really confessing the word of God, when you get deeper into it, you'll find that sometimes it will feel like you are lying. Feel like you're lying. What do you mean, Lord, I'm healed? Lord, I'm confessing it anyway. By your stripes, I'm healed. By your stripes, I'm healed. But I don't feel healed. I don't feel it. When you come to that contradiction, when you come to that battle, when it's when it's uh, head to head, when you really feel the depths of the of the word and it feels like a lie at that point, really, you're actually about to make headway. If it doesn't feel like a lie, chances are you're not there. You're not nearly there yet. You have to feel the reality of both sides. When you begin to feel the reality of both, you know what God said. And this part of you is convinced. But yet still you see this. And when you feel the contradiction, you're just then about to make headway. But if it never feels like a lie, if it never feels, I mean, it should also feel like you even get a sense of conviction. No, this is I'm lying. I'm lying. I'm lying. That lets you know that you're just then beginning to make headway when it becomes that way. Because that's the enemy trying to put something back on you, trying to reverse it, trying to get you to stop it. When it is at that point that you're actually beginning to overrun him. Are you hearing? So confession is a part of prayer. When we echo the sounds of heaven. I pray you got that. Now, listen, the working of miracles does not always require us to pray. Let me say that again. The working of miracles does not always require or require us to pray, but almost every case in almost every case, it will require us as believers to believe in God or to have faith in God. To believe in God or have faith in God as the source of miracles. Are you hearing many times you won't have to pray. Sometimes you will just stand and declare. You will declare a thing and it will come to pass. Remember, as the Lord Jesus told the disciples and he tells us today, he said, go forth and heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out devils. Many times that will not require you to pray. It will require you to say. Sometimes you will pray and sometimes you will say. This is the role of today's modern day believer. This is the role. Now, remember, as we continue in the end times and as the Lord Jesus Christ, as his return is upon us, you will discover that the end time church has more glory, more power, more manifestation than the uh, Bible time church. 
The power that's in uh, the, the latter house, the power, the power of God that will be upon this house as we enter tabernacles will be greater than what you see there in the book of Acts. Why? Because the evil that is in the world has also ramped up. And where sin does abound, the word of God says, the grace of God does more abound. So because the evil in the world is a whole lot more, you'll find the power of God will be a whole lot more. Where sin does abound, the grace of God does more abound. So the more sin, the more power is released. The more sin, the more power is released. The more evil, the more good is released. So you will see that in the end time church, there will be a greater manifestation of the spirit of God through his church. And this again, this is why the Bible declares that we are the sons of God. Remember, all creation is groaning and waiting on the manifestation of the sons of God. On the sons of God. That is during our time. This is our season. Are you hearing? So, again, many times it will not require working of miracles, will not require you to pray, but to declare what God said. All right. Listen, now I say again, in almost every case, it will require us to to believe in or have faith in God, because there are some times that the Lord will perform miracles in his sovereignty. Some things God will do won't require you to believe at all. He'll do it out of his sovereignty. That is what we call, once again, the exception and not the rule. Are you hearing the exception, not the rule? The rule is that faith, whether great or small or great or or little, will be required as a as a medium of exchange to receive a miracle. Or we can say a divine interruption into the natural flow of this life. I mean, let me say that again. As a general rule, you will need the thing called faith, whether small or great. To receive a miracle as a medium of exchange, we said it's like going to the store again and uh, you're giving the cashier money and she's giving you the product or you go through uh, the drive through window at a fast food place. They have the food in there. All that you want, all that you can pay for, you know, they have it there. But you have to give the lady, give the gentleman your finance, give them the money and then they will in turn release Release your McNugget or your fries or what have you. Okay, you release first and then they give it to you. That's an exchange. Money is a medium of exchange. But as it relates to the spirit world, you're going to need faith, whether great or small, in order to transact business and receive the miracle that God has for you. That's just how it works. In uh, in the general sense. Now, here again, there are times when faith is not needed. God will do it regardless of you. He'll do it whether you believe it or not. That's his will. This is his house. Are you hearing? This is his world. He can do what he wants to do. But as a general rule, remember, we're talking about the rule, not the exception. As a general rule, it's going to require you to have faith and to exercise faith. Uh, to receive a miracle or we can say to receive a divine interruption into the natural flow of life. What do I mean by divine interruption into the natural flow of life? Someone goes to the doctor and they should be dead. But you pray for them. 
There's a divine interruption. Miracle. And what would have happened or should have happened did not. God interrupted it. Are you hearing? A divine interruption. There are many things that uh, should have happened to you, but did not happen because someone prayed and sought the face of God. Are you hearing? So God can interrupt the natural flow of things. The natural flow. If we just ask him, we talk to him in prayer. We have an exchange of faith and you'll see some things begin to happen. Are you hearing? All right. So let me say this again. The rule is that faith, whether small or great, will be required as a medium of exchange to receive a miracle or a divine interruption into our lives. It is to this end that we speak about the atmosphere of miracles. Because in the atmosphere of miracles, you'll have a lot of divine interruptions. A lot of divine interruptions. You'll see the resources of the divine coming to play in the natural. Things you should have never gotten. You say, I, I should have never been able to get this house. I should have never been able to get this car. I should have never been able to get that job. I wasn't qualified for it. Under the natural flow of things, you would not have. But God. And the atmosphere is pregnant with it. The potential for many divine interruptions of many miracles are all around us. Every single day of your life, you actually reside in an atmosphere of miracles. Every single day of your life, you actually reside in an atmosphere of miracles. It's just as though, again, that plug over there on the wall, it has power in it. It has power in it. All I have to do is plug into it. I can have a lamp over here with the bulb working, but if I never plug it into it, I'll never receive the power. This atmosphere is full of power. This like one big power plug all around you. And all God is waiting to do in many times, he's waiting on you to just plug into that power and receive it because he has already provided it for you. Does that make sense to you? All right. So as we talk about atmosphere of miracles, we're also going to have to talk about um, what faith is. And today we're going to talk about uh, briefly uh, what is the appearance of faith? What is the appearance of faith? Faith has an appearance. So I pray that you're listening quickly with me because I'm actually about to close out in just a, in just a few moments. The appearance of faith. What does faith look like? What does it look like? Consider that for a moment. What does it look like? Uh, how do you know when you how do you know when you have it? How do you know when you're exercising it? How do you know how much you have? Because remember, faith can be quantified. It can be measured. It can be small or it can be great or there can be none. How do you know when you're operating in it? How do you get more of it? All these are questions that must be settled in your heart before you go to war. Are you hearing? Now, if I ask the question, what is your current level of faith? What is your current level of faith? Understand something. That is actually a trick question. 
If I ask you, what is your current level of faith? Why is it a trick question? Because you can have more faith in one area than you do in another. So there is no really one level covers all. You can be built up in faith uh, to pray for someone uh, and they will be healed. Your faith could be high there, but then your faith is lower when it relates to finances or even to your own marriage or your own family. There are different levels of faith. But here's the thing. We all have different levels of faith and God gives everybody faith, but he also expects everyone to grow in faith. Okay, because we all have different levels of faith. I don't want anyone to fall into the trap of devaluing or uh, or exalting people based on their current level of faith. Here's the trap I'm talking about. As it relates to healing, one person can say, well, I have faith that God will work through the doctors and I'll have the surgery and I'll be okay." Versus someone else saying, well, I believe God for an instantaneous healing. Another person says, well, I believe in raising funds for our church with car washes and and uh, barbecues. Well, the other person says, I believe God for a miraculous provision, a miraculous supply, miraculous increase. Another person says, well, I believe in praying in my native language, just praying in English. That's what I do. I have faith that God will hear me there. Next person says, well, I believe in praying in and and with the spirit. I believe in praying in in, in other tongues as the spirit of God leads me. I believe in that. Well, you have two sides. Tell me which one is right and which one is wrong. They are both right. But here's the thing. We can get we can condemn people and say, you ought to believe like me. We can condemn them because of their lack of faith in that area. But probably chances are they have more faith in another area than you do. Why would we condemn someone? No, you work with them where they are. Now, we can challenge each other to come up higher in our faith, but never condemn someone for having less faith than you do. Because I guarantee you, God is not condemning them. I guarantee you that. I guarantee you that. Are you hearing? So we all will have different faith levels there. Neither one of those is incorrect. It depends on where they are in their journey with God. Is it wrong for a two year old uh, to sip on a sippy cup? You say no. You say no. But after a while, after the child is 13. We expect some amount of growth. We expect some amount of growth. But listen, God is so good that he will allow all of us to go at our own pace. He will allow all of us to go to him at our own pace and our own desire with our own hunger level. And he's not condemning you for little faith, but he will challenge you to increase 
your faith. Are you understanding? The Lord is challenging all of us now, right now, to increase your faith. But he does not condemn you for little faith. Many times you'll find that miracles, many miracles in scripture were wrought by little faith. And many more were wrought also by great faith. So they both are legitimate. But God expects both to grow. Does that make sense to you? So let's turn our attention now. Not and get to it. There's the Luke, uh, Luke five. Want to get some scripture in today. I believe you've been, I believe if you have been listening that you've been hearing the word of God. Luke five. I think we're going to read just two verses here today and then I will stop. Luke 5, verse 17 and 18. Luke 5, 17 and 18. When you get that, say, I got it. I got it. Okay. Now remember, it is God's expectation for us all to make disciples. That is his expectation. He expects that. It is good for us to invite people to church, and you should invite them to church. But it's also our responsibility to share with them the good news. What's the good news? The good news is they've already been forgiven. The debt has already been paid. The work of salvation to save you, Mr. Sinner Man, Mrs. Sinner Woman, the work, is, work of salvation has already been done. Jesus has already hung on the cross. He has already, God has already granted you access into favor with him. All you've got to do is receive it. All you've got to do is say yes to it and believe in this finished work so that you can enter into it. The good news I know people say, have you heard the good news? What? I say 15%. No. <laughs> that may be good news. But the greatest news is that Jesus has already done the work. Amen. So here's what you do. We don't want to cast our pearls before swine, as the scripture says. Amen. But you're going to ask God for open doorways to tell people what he has done for them. Because there is somebody, I guarantee you, there is somebody in your life or that you will meet in your journey that is waiting to hear a word. And waiting to hear that word. They're already primed and ready. Already primed and ready. And once you speak a word of life, they'll receive it just like warm oil just going all down them. It will just be so nourishing, just them hearing that. And they'll receive Jesus and they give their lives to him. But you've got to be brave enough and bold enough, first of all, to ask the father. Pray. Sometimes you need to pray. Then after you pray, you rise up and declare, I'm going to speak to somebody today. Somebody's going to receive the gospel of Jesus Christ today. You ask him, Holy Spirit. Put that person on my heart really strong. 
Don't let me move to the left or to the right. Don't let me go to sleep without saying something to them. And give me the courage when that time comes to say it. Does that make sense? Luke 5, verse 17 and 18. And it says, and it came to pass on a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by, which were come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was what? Present to heal. The word present there also means among. The power of the Lord was among them to heal. It was present. It was there. Verse 18. And behold, men brought in a and behold, men brought in a bed, uh, a man which was taken with a palsy. And they sought means to bring him in and to lay him before him. This was the plan to get their problem in front of Jesus. They had a plan. How can we get our problem into the presence of God? It says they sought ways and how to do it. They sought how to get into the presence of God. They sought how to get their problem into the presence of God. In other words, they weren't like many of us um, today that will pray once, amen, and stop. They sought, they were tenacious. How can I get this in front of Jesus? How can I get this in front of Jesus? And as you know, the account goes, there were lots of people that were around the house. The, the house was filled up with people, even about the doors. They didn't know how to get to Jesus because of the people. And I'm telling you to seek the Lord, seek him. How can you get your situation in front of him? Because once your situation gets in front of him, the situation will always change. I pray for the word of God today. We'll stop there in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. We pray that you are richly encouraged by today's message and that you've received a great blessing. Don't forget to contact us on our website at www.kingdomrock.org. We'd love to see you in a live service every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. And on Wednesday night, we start at 7 p.m. Come on out. Everyone's invited. We're located at 180 Helton Road in Bremen, Georgia. Give us a call at 770-537-1933. We would so love to connect with you. And don't forget to stop by our website and check us out. Once again, our web address is www.kingdomrock.org. Well, until next time, my friends, remember that Jesus loves you so very much. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way. God bless you, and we'll see you next time for more Kingdom Rock Radio.